Coming up next time, Rider Spotlight. Hi, I'm Kristen Broderick. I'm a ladies expert racer here in Canada, and I am doing a fundraiser for myself to get to ISDE in 2022. I'll be selling some t-shirts. Uh, if you look at my ladies off-road dirt biking page on Facebook, or if you check me out on Instagram, you can find those shirts there. If you'd like to support me on my road to ISDE, I would love that. So thank you. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Barrymore. My next guest is a well-known YouTuber and motorcycle hooligan. He decided to take a risk and relaunch as a more responsible and respectable off-road ambassador, transforming his love of motorcycles and 12 o'clock wheelies into a popular YouTube channel, as well as a successful online retail shop for all your moto needs. Coming up next, this is Brad Brad Roberts. So, yeah. Uh, that video was so like grindstone is is hands down the uh the perfect name for that race yeah uh, yeah <laughs> everyone's lied down uh yeah. i did the like, same thing the day before the race just uh um just playing around like kind of around on bits of the course i cartwheeled my bike three times and made my handlebar bend 90 degrees down to the ground and <laughs> oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. that's it, it like so that was in arizona yeah page arizona yeah, yeah. northern it, it looks it, it looks epic but uh it also looks super rough like yeah it's uh like yeah the course i think for mortals was <laughs> pretty challenging uh apparently like i i think like pretty much like the top three or five guys agree that it wasn't challenging enough uh Holy. it was too too fast of a course which you know, uh, I think Cody did five laps and then there were other pros who didn't finish a lap. So yeah, there's a huge gap in, um, ability there, which is kind of interesting or, you know, yeah. So it's, <laughs> I feel like hard enduro there, there are definitely stratas of talent. Like yeah, you, once you get into the pro level, then you find out where you really stand. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 But oh, well. um, yeah, and that's kind of like how I feel I fit into racing. Like, I feel I'd say I'm pretty competent on a bike in terms of like s skills and stuff. And like, I'll do some of the bigger features, but you put me in a race setting and I pretty much seems like I've never ridden a bike before. Like, I just ha I have no strategy for racing. I can't like just keep a consistent pace. I'm just used to hanging out, having fun and, and no pressure. And then like the pressure gets to me and it makes me tense up and uh, it's definitely a skill you have to practice and learn, which goes to show with the people that put, uh, the effort into racing. So I have, I have a huge amount of respect for, for all those guys who do that. Um, it's way, way different than the fun setting. That's for sure. Heck yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, as like, I'm just a mere mortal barely, and I have the same philosophy. Like I'm content if I can just complete the course, you know, right. if the, if the course beats me, I'm not too beat up about it, like whatever. Uh, and then you just, as I'm being passed by all these other athletes, <laughs> you can mm -hmm. just see how easily they take something that's just killing me. And, right. uh, and it's just like, Oh, hats off to you, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yep. yeah, that's crazy. So you, you used to, uh, like how I've you no know, B rad 1.0, 
uh, is with, with your sport bike days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and now you and a little bit of the street bike. Yeah. Hucking wheelies yep. and, uh, being a, oh, yeah. a hooligan. Yeah. And then, ripping, ripping dank nooners and scraping fenders off. <laughs> yes. It was awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, yep. I mean, it's, you know, uh, but then you, you became, um, B-Rad 2.0, which mm-hmm. like, but just B-Rad, right? Like you rebranded. Yeah. How did, yeah. how did that go for you? Like, um, it, really transitioned pretty, pretty naturally and quickly, I would say. Um, there was definitely like a, a crossover period where I was riding both street and dirt. Um, but it just, it kind of got to the point where I was riding street cause it, because it was convenient. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to go drive two to five hours somewhere here in Michigan to go ride, uh, a street bike, but, the dirt bike I did. So, you know, I, I would do trips to go off-roading when I can, but it was still majority, um, uh, on the street. And it just got to a point where I'm like, it's worth it to me to drive, you know, six to eight hours round trip for two days of riding. Um, because it's just, it's way more challenging. It's more fun. I'm becoming a better rider and, it the legality aspect helps too <laughs> yeah that's right yeah a, a wheelie, so, wheelie on a 600 uh sport yeah. bike is, is a yeah. little more yeah and it, yeah. i mean there's guys that find parking lots and things and and whatever but even still uh you need friends for that like yeah well yeah, yeah. and that's and that's honestly mainly you know what my friends and i would do we we weren't you know for the most part we had our, our wild moments but we uh we really tried to be respectful of others and, and not, not cause any drama. I mean, none of us want to get hurt. We don't want to hurt anyone else. And yeah. we definitely didn't want to get in trouble. So, um, there's, there's a few video clips out there where, you know, of us getting pulled over in parking lots and the cops are basically like, I think it's pretty cool what you're doing, but like there's people here. And if I'm not, if I don't tell you guys to leave, they're going to call in and then I'm in trouble. So they're just like, you know, just go find somewhere else to do it where there aren't as many people. Um, where there was like a Menards being built, uh, here and we, uh, uh, they just had this big, perfect brand new parking lot. So like we went there to practice circle wheelies and then that's when one of the, uh, instances happened and it, it turns out, uh, his worker buddies saw the video and were like making fun of him for uh, showing up on my YouTube channel. So I had like, like people from the, the sheriff's office here watching my videos and they, they're all super cool. Like they, they understand that we are you know, being respectful and, and just having fun and uh, you know, harmless fun uh, for the most part. So uh, it was, we, we kind of did actually build a relationship through that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we weren't, we weren't putting anyone in danger other than ourselves when we were out there practicing and stuff. And they were, they understood that and knew it was better than trying to run from them and, uh, <laughs> and all oh, highways, not, not yeah. 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 Um, which, you know, we we're, we're not into that. So yeah, it, uh, it was nice to get onto a dirt bike and just have the freedom and the, uh, the relaxation of not having to worry about any of that and not really, you know, upset anyone uh by pushing the limits that's fair and riding without looking over your shoulder is such yeah. a nice feeling yeah yeah exactly like, uh, so your transition from street to to dirt i know how my experience was how did you find it like uh 
the body language is completely different. The machine behaves different. There's no sense of yeah. traction. Like, right. So, the, yeah. So, like, I guess luckily for me, uh, 99% of my riding was done on a supermoto. So, it was a WR450, you know, which is, I mean, it's a dirt bike with, uh, you know, street wheels on it. So, in terms of geometry and stuff, that all felt comfortable and natural, but there was definitely a lot to be learned. And obviously I'm still learning today, trying to dial in my technique, um, every time I go out and, and learn new things. But, um, it was, I would say overall it was pretty natural. Like it, it was easy to fake, I should say, <laughs> like, you know, like I, I was good at wheelies already, which made, you know, going over big logs really easy. And, you know, I, I the majority of riders, I, it's, changing now i would say for the better more people are getting into the technical terrain the hard enduro stuff and trying bigger obstacles instead of just you know motocross but at the time three years ago at least like within the community here you go over a three foot diameter log and it blew people's minds and like you know i i wasn't doing it right at all like looking at it now it's almost cringeworthy like how how sloppy and like uncontrolled it was, but like I made it happen just cause I could get my front wheel up confidently. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, really interesting and you know, because of that, I may have formed this kind of attitude of, you know, I'm hot shit <laughs> just yeah. cause other people were telling me and, and I'll, you know, I'll be honest, like it, it got to my head a little bit and, you know, obviously like, that wasn't the case at all. I was far from, uh, you know, being at a level of, you know, let's say these professional racers or people who have spent 10 years perfecting techniques. So I, I fault myself there and am not ashamed to admit that, uh, I made some mistakes in, in thinking I was better than I was. And it probably looked really stupid from other people's perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but I think we all, uh, champion our successes a little more than we're supposed to and then yeah yeah. and i and and i think there's you know being proud of yourself for doing something or learning something is definitely different than having an ego about it and um you know thinking that you can't get any better at something i guess which which you know not to say i didn't think i couldn't get better but i'm like yeah it's good enough you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i get it you know, until I, uh, uh, I ended up buying a van, um, which, uh, you know, we can talk about that a little bit, but just to briefly touch on it, I got a transit van, built it out as like a moto camper and took like a two month trip out West. And that turned into my first humbling experience of what riding on anything, but smooth flowy sand and a log here and there is. So, oh yeah. Uh, went out and found some rocks and some dry Creek beds and some uh, pretty challenging Hills and got very humbled by that. And that's kind of what started my journey. I would say of wanting to, uh, really improve my technique and become a better rider and, you know, maybe a better person because of it, um, in a sense. So do you, do you feel motors, um, dirt biking has affected you as a person, like helped you grow as a person? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, and that's, pretty loaded in my situation because you know uh you know what i'm doing now it's 
in a sense, my profession now, you know, not, I'm not getting paid to ride specifically, but riding is a part of my job, yeah. uh, you know, to, to get content, um, uh, and, you know, run my website and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's made me grow and mature and just realize that, you know, uh, assuming anything, but the fact that you can, learn more and do better is just a good way to put yourself in a hole and not give yourself a way to crawl out. So, um, it's, it's definitely opened my eyes and made me, uh, just always have the attitude now or try to, at least there's always some ego in all of us, but <laughs> absolutely, uh, just, you know, have the mentality that you can always be better. You can always do better. Uh, and you can help others do the same as well. So yeah, it's, it's definitely helped in that regard. I, I could see like uh, you, you have a message uh, developing, at least in the last number of videos about community and, and acceptance, like inclusivity, yeah. uh, which I think is really important because I mean, not that you want it to be, but now you're sort of like a pillar of the community kind of thing. Uh, you have a spotlight on you and people look right. to you, especially new riders. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like a message like that is uh, is a good one to put forward. Uh, yeah. what, why, what gave you sort of the catalyst to start even commenting on that fact? Like, yeah. So I, you're probably referring to like my Derek video yeah, pranked my friends. Yeah. yeah. For anyone listening, they like not just a, a plug here for me, but like, it is a pretty funny video more so because it. of how well my, my friends treated me thinking I was some new rider with a new bike with no, no experience. Like they were just the most accepting, welcoming people. Um, and you know, uh, I guess really like, I just had that idea and I, I knew they'd be nice, but I, I didn't think it would kind of be so fun to, uh, to do that. I didn't expect the video to really gain traction like that, but it just, uh, it just really made me think like, imagine if you were in Derek's shoes, Derek, the character in the video I was acting out. And, uh, you met a group that was like, like, ah, sorry, we like, you're probably not good enough to keep up with, uh, where we're going to go. Like just how discouraging that is to someone who just spent all this money on a new bike and was really excited. And then there they are riding alone and, you know, they're not gonna, they're not going to be pushed into, into learning and, uh, you know, growing within the sport. So just having those good people to encourage you is super critical, I think, into building the community overall and the industry overall, especially right now with the huge influx we have of new people with their $1,400 checks who, who, who want to get into something new and exciting. You just, you need good, good, positive, supportive people there to back them up. Heck yeah. Some of them are, are dropping 14,000 because there is no secondhand yeah. bikes to be had. Like. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing too. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, there's no denying that the, the industry is, is growing and um, giving those people a platform that they can uh, be encouraged by is just going to be better for all of us. I mean, I, my business uh, for those who don't know me, I deal with selling uh uh, aftermarket motorcycle parts, more specialty parts, not really OEM or anything. So performance aftermarket parts and, um, you know, with trying to 
sell those things comes education. Um, you can't sell a, an apex cylinder head without telling someone why it's going to make their bike run better. Um, you know, explaining how, you know, as a beginner, you don't need more power, but more power can sometimes mean more linear, more smooth power, which does help a beginner. So it's the little things like that, where I think just education, um, is really helpful to everyone. And it helps my business too. And, and other people, uh, I have, I built a lot of relationships recently with, you know, uh, distributors of the products I sell and, Many of them are in the same boat. They're, you know, smaller businesses trying to grow the industry and they all have super, super good attachments. Um like uh do you mach- like um yeah, a lot of those guys are just machining those heads, hey? Like just right out of their garage, like literally almost to order. Um, yeah, so I so Matt uh Matt is the owner of Apex and he he has a shop. I it's I haven't been there yet. I I need to go make a trip and hang out with him and see his shop. But he uh, he does have a shop with a, a few machines and he, he keeps stock on the shelves. It's not really made to order, but uh, yeah. But in in the you know comparing to like a company like FMF or or someone who's been around for so long, yeah, it's a relatively small business. And um, uh, but just the sense of community you get from working with those guys, like we're all trying to grow together and it's, it's just super cool to see and, and meet all these people kind of doing the same thing I'm doing just a little bit different, different side of the process. Yeah. Uh, I like your business model. Um, sort of you're the test pilot as well as a salesman. Like you yeah, got the, yeah. the 125 that you, uh, sort of like tricked right out with all of the performance parts and you keep tearing it down to see where it's at as the hours progress. Like uh, yeah. last one I saw was like 150 hours. And Correct. it was still in really good shape. And yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, oh yeah. And my, my favorite product that you're, you're marketing, uh, I guess we get a lot of dicks and bikes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The dicks oil, the, yeah. the, the pitch is just like, get yeah. some dicks in, in your bike or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I realized it was tongue in cheek and your buddy took it one step farther by approaching your your exhaust but like oh, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah it, it's fun to fun to throw a little innuendo in there every yeah summer. i think so yeah i mean oh. like yeah it was pretty awesome uh the 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 derek video like the one the brand new ride uh when i started to like just look for more content that trying to get beyond my memory like that one the algorithms put that one straight up at the top so i don't know how long ago you released that but I feel it, it's getting a lot of inbound traffic for it to float to the top once I search B-Rad Moto. And like that one's on the top. So I don't know. That was weird. Uh, so now, now you, uh, what's, your, what's your goal here? Like, are you going to try to become uh, like the next Cody Webb kind of thing? Is that your progression? You want to become <laughs> no, a pro? No, no. I, I, have, <laughs> I have zero plans of becoming a, a pro racer. I... I think racing's fun. Uh, I've participated in rev limiter twice. I've done a couple enduros, um, hair scrambles and sprint enduros here in Michigan. Um, so it's, it's fun to try that stuff out, but I guess what it boils down for me ultimately is I don't necessarily gain anything by, by doing that. I, 
it's unlikely not to be a pessimist, but it's unlikely that I'd, I would ever achieve even that top 20 level of riding. Um, and not, not to say it would be impossible, but I don't, I don't have the heart to do that. And, you know, the, the guys competing at that level, they're every day practicing riding for hours. They're working out and like, that's, that's not the lifestyle I'm trying to seek. I'm definitely, I, I want more of a, a leisurely lifestyle when it comes to riding. And, uh, for me, I think it would kind of kill the fun in riding. And for me, riding is what's it's pretty much what makes me happy and I don't want to lose, uh, the joy in doing that. Um, so no, for, for me, I, I would just like to maintain, um, you know, my business to a point where it gives me freedom and flexibility to go travel and ride cool places, meet new people, build relationships. And, uh, you know, um, for now at least keep making content that can hopefully inspire some people and get them, uh, more deeply hooked into the sport. Yeah, fair enough. Like, uh, I just launched this, this podcast and, uh, I have a very like whatever small following, but a lot of fo- people will talk to me, uh, you know, so we get be engaged back and forth and, mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, it's funny. Like I had the first person to suggest talking to you was Cole Henderson. And yeah. then, uh, I, uh, then a couple others in the sort of from the moment we talked, till, till now. And, uh, I just think it's crazy how sort of small the community is that everybody sort of is connected, you know, like, yeah, definitely. Uh, like it's, in, it's insane how small the degrees of separation are. Like, uh, I made a joke yeah. to you about, uh, an internet personality making a, uh, a cameo and you're like, Oh, I could maybe connect. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's that small, right. like, <laughs> which is yeah. hilarious. Like, I don't know. Um, did you ever imagine, uh, when you were a young kid, uh, practicing math in, in school that, uh, dreaming of your, your motorcycle that you'd be living, riding, like just, no, uh, I, I was definitely interested in motorcycles, like from birth, um, <laughs> like always had, you know, like model motorcycles up on a shelf in my room. And, um, f- funny enough, it was like a bunch of Harleys, which I don't know, like I, it was just like gifted to me and I'm like, Oh, well that's what a motorcycle is. And, but really I, it was definitely dirt bikes. That was more my, my interest. Um, but I, you know, even up through high school, like I kind of had a gap in middle school and into high school where I really didn't ride at all. Um, my, my dad got me a little dirt bike, a PW 80 when I was seven or eight had that for a couple years and then like a TTR 125 and really the only time I rode it is when he was able to drive me up north to uh, some trails in Michigan and we go riding then so maybe twice a year um yeah not much at all um and then really yeah all the way up through high school I had a, a friend with like 20 acres and we'd go you know loop out wheelies in a grass field next to his house but that was <laughs> that was about the extent of it um but no, I, I never imagined like it was even possible to make a living based around something like that. You know, I was like, well, I don't want to be a pro racer. 
So if I don't want to, it means I'm not going to. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that was all, it's kind of all around the time, like where the internet's developing and, uh, um, you know, when I was in middle school, there weren't people like doing YouTube really for motorcycles, at least. I mean, it was all pretty fresh at that point. So, uh, that wasn't even a consideration. And then, um, got out of high school, got my motorcycle endorsement on my license, started riding like, you know, around town on an XR 250 in 1996 and then got the WR 450 started making videos for some friends, just had one video blow up and, uh, blow up on YouTube and, uh, learned that you can make money from, you know, getting views, uh, after a friend of mine who is in the game a little bit too, he's like, dude, are you monetized? And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, like you need to do that right now. Um, so then, you know, I, you know, I got a little bit of money from YouTube and just kept putting out videos and grew a fairly sizable channel. I was up to like 380,000 subscribers and, um, had a year or two really of just doing that and like making decent money for a 19, 20 year old. Um, and then it all came crashing down and I'm like, well, that was fun, but, uh, you know, that's not going to ever work out again. Oh um, yeah. Did they yeah. demonetize stunt videos or something? Cause it's criminal. Um, they didn't, I didn't have any issues with demonetized, but the problem was new content I was putting out. They were definitely burying my videos in the algorithm. So I even got to a point where like I was mainly doing off-road videos at that point and 380,000 subscribers, I would maybe get 10,000 views on a video like, and it could be like a really good video. It could have been something like I, I, you know, fairly high production value. Uh, um, and it just wasn't catching on the people who were seeing it were being like, dude, this is awesome. Like great stuff why don't you have more views on this? And I was like, I oh, okay. don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that's when I decided to just abandon that channel and start fresh, um, which brings it to the, the current channel that I'm operating now. And it's just doing incredibly well. Um, it's I'm at around 80,000 subscribers, but the viewership is really good. The, uh, the interaction from the community is good. It's, it's, it's a more, it's a more involved subscriber base which i've come to learn is way more important than having a massive number um, yeah you know ha having involvement having people support my website and order parts through me um it all it all helps and you don't need a million subscribers to be a you know professional youtuber i i would still say i'm more of a um an online retailer <laughs> at this point yeah. than a youtuber but YouTube is a huge factor in, you know, advertising my website. So it, it all kind of comes full circle there. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's just a modern retailer. If you're, if you're going to not be brick and mortar, you need to have, yeah. uh, like the right presence, which means you need to have an audience that's active. Right. Even yeah. I, I, I feel like for the YouTube content, uh, any activity positive or negative, uh, is what the algorithm's looking for. Like, uh, like you put out a video perhaps and people are cheering it and people are like yelling at it and there's like a dialogue back and forth. I think that mm -hmm. kind of stuff is, makes that video, uh, more attractive to the algorithm 
than one where it's just all likes and everybody's just like, you know, yeah, thumbs up, buddy. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a horrible example. But uh, to prove that point is on my old channel, I had a video titled, titled Harley Riders Suck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and the, the funny thing is there wasn't even a single Harley in the video and I didn't even mention Harley. I was riding at Tail the Dragon and it was like it was someone on like a, a Honda or a Yamaha Cruiser uh, blowing the double yellow in every turn, you know, going under the speed limit. Um, so I was basically just kind of mocking like, you know, Harley cruisers. riders and yeah. and yeah, cruisers really. But yeah. it was a clickbait title. I knew it would trigger some people and it sure did. And that video had like 10,000 dislikes and like a hundred likes. It was just like every, every Harley owner just came and attacked me and they're like, well, you're speeding and doing wheelies. And I'm like, well, I'm staying in my lane at least, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's cringy now. Like, you know, even just reading that title, but whatever it's, it's in the past and it's, it's all been a part of me yeah. learning how to not be like that. <laughs> I like um, how you, you don't try to hide from your past. Like you accept yeah. that you're a part of that. Like, yeah. I, I think the thing is if, if I did that and played acted like, Oh no, I would, I would never do or say something like that. Someone's going to bury up an old screenshot or link or, you know, video soundbite. I mean, you see that all the time with yeah. uh, celebrities and politicians is sound bites and all that. It's like, you, you may as well just own up to it and say you were wrong and move on and change and be better. And I think that, only inspires other people to do the same instead of having this idea that everyone's perfect always. And you can't make mistakes. Um, I'm not saying like my old YouTube channel was a mistake, but no, it was, you know, it wasn't perfect. That's all it was. Yeah. yeah it, it was immature. <laughs> yeah. Com but it was compared to, yeah, but it's entertainment, man. Like, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's what I, I enjoyed it too. Thank you. The, the, oh, it really did. Like, uh, yeah, I kind of missed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've had people say that, too. Uh, yeah. And it, it funny is a lot of like a lot of older demographic has like very specifically like emailed me or commented and been like, man, like I really like the old the old hooligan stuff. Like I yeah. thought that was rebellious and cool. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, you're, you're living, you're living your life, you know, from 20 years ago as well. You want to relive that phase of your life. So that's cool. I, yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty um, much how I found it. Like, uh, yeah. the, the tale of the dragon, I think is the video that I started, uh, was like the hook one. Cause that to me, like Smoky mountain national park, the tale of the dragon, yeah. that's like a bucket list road that I want to ride on. And, yeah, that's uh, incredible. Oh my God. Like whatever, it's just a few miles and it has hundreds of turns. Like, and yeah, then it's, it's super fun. Um, it's also incredibly dangerous. And, you know, I, I was always confident in my skills, but it only takes one person who doesn't have control. Like the Harley riders suck video guy blowing yep. every single double yellow and it's like if there's a car or another bike like you're you're there's nothing you can do about it i had a buddy of mine who someone came into his lane and and it unfortunately turned out to uh not work well in the the guy's favor who came into his lane and my buddy got really hurt from it but yeah just a really tragic accident and to no fault of my friend yeah um so it's yeah it's something you got to consider definitely when you go 
go ride places like that? Oh man. One of the things that always kept me like up at night or whatever, or sort of like, I haven't made my way there, but, uh, was, there was a GPS fault that was sending transport trucks up that road. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I could just imagine coming down and there's this transport truck coming up, blowing a corner. And what are you going to do, man? Especially if you're having fun, especially if you already made it up to the tree with, uh, all the plastic nailed to it and you feel like you slayed the dragon you coming down yeah. on your victory lap and then there's this transport truck going up like absolutely so <laughs> funny funny story on that and i don't know if you've seen this video but there was a time i was there i, I did numerous trips there five or six and uh there was it was like a it was probably a 40 foot uh gooseneck trailer towed by an f450 or something like that like way too big so in the video, I, you know, I got behind this thing and we, my, uh, me and a couple of friends, we ended up passing it. And the, the whole section of road is double yellow. You know, you're not supposed to pass. Yeah. Well, we got in front of it and slowed down to stay in front of it, to flag ride riders down and cars down. And if we send another person up to like, go find a, you know, police officer to come, you know, just make sure they got through without hurting anyone. So yeah. in the video, I'm like, I'm like, you know, the guy clearly ignored the signage. Um, and, and, and I'm sure knew that the vehicle, that the trailer was too big to go through there, but did it anyway. Cause it's probably saved him two hours of driving, which like, yeah, I get it. It's inconvenient, but not worth someone's life. Yeah. People were roasting me in the comments for passing on a double yellow. And, and it was like a perfectly safe pass. Mind you, they're going 20 miles an hour. I have a bike that'll do zero to 60 in four seconds. Like yeah. it was two seconds of around plenty of visibility on a straight section. And they were roasting me and saying, you have no right to tell this guy what to do. <laughs> like, like he's a skilled driver, able to navigate that uh, without going off the edge of the road. And I'm like, yeah, but he's using up two lanes on blind turns. How do yeah. you not? And, and that just, yeah, that, that was another reason just giving up the street too, is there's so much negative, negative people that come with it. Um, so many know-it-alls and, and safety patrol people. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the fun police. It, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just, it blew my mind to get like a negative reaction from me trying to make sure no one got hurt. Yeah. Well, and I mean, whole, yeah <laughs> Hater, haters gotta hate <laughs> i guess so yeah but uh, I, yeah. I, see, I, I don't know if anybody knows like how that road is like uh like I, i've watched so many videos um and read so much about it it's just the just the radius of the turns there's so many of them it's blind yeah. as hell and like you say people are blowing corners so there's people meeting on the yellow like coming yep. kissing mirrors and yeah. Uh like it's an intense thing and so many bikes have failed um to get to the top that mm -hmm. there's like yeah plastic nailed to this magic tree like and yep. there's t-shirts <laughs> sold like yeah uh I, I want like yeah I just wish to I want to get that t-shirt whichever one the dragon slayed me or I slayed the dragon I don't really yeah. care <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe both would be great right Oh yeah yeah <laughs> but I don't think you can just go, like I mean you could buy it online but I'd rather go earn it yeah, you gotta uh, go, gotta go earn it for sure. Um, yeah, and go like GoPro videos make the road look way less tight than it actually is. Like, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it makes it look like a normal like highway. But then you go ride it, and you're like, wow, like 
on a supermoto, I have to drop down to 12 miles an hour to make this hairpin where, you know, on video, it looks like you are or could be going 50 miles an hour through it. And even the best of riders are dropping their speed very low to to make it through there. Um, Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's worth any listeners take the time, check out this road, do some research. And, 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 and it definitely, the GoPro would make it look, uh, make the road look as, as wide as it makes Hills look flat. And I think everybody, yeah, same concept. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it it screws up the speed and all that stuff. Like, uh, oh man. So, uh, you, you said you tricked out a van so you could live like, um, to travel the West coast and, and, and find out the mountains. Well, what was the driver for that? joining the van life party. Um, I guess it came to a point where I, I had, you know, my dirt bike at this point or a dirt bike and a supermoto, whatever combination of bikes I had at the time. And, um, all I had for towing really was a 96 grand marquee <laughs> and which was an awesome car. I loved it. And then like this, you know, little flatbed trailer that I was towing motorcycles with it. Uh, and I was like, well, it's not very suitable for taking a journey that long and trying to like camp and you could do it like for sure you can make it happen. But, you know, I was at a point where I, I was ready to, you know, make a, make a vehicle purchase, something a little nicer and, and, you know, splurge a little bit in that sense. And, um, you know, ended up getting this brand new transit that I custom ordered with, you know, all the uh, trim levels and stuff I want, which ended up being a very basic one. Uh, <laughs> like cruise control was like the big feature for the me. Splurge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The splurge there. Um, but it, it ended up turning into the, like one of the best decisions I've ever made. I, I think it's, it's got a lot to do with where I'm at now with my current business ventures and stuff, just because I've traveled around so much in it. I have 130,000 miles on it in, less than five years. Um, and like this last trip I did, I put 9,300 miles on it um, over, over the course of two months. Uh, so it just allowed me to meet all these new people. It put me out of my comfort zone with riding, going and riding this incredible terrain. Um, and I think you also just learn a lot about yourself when you're on the road, you know, staring at, uh, highway markers go by for hours on end and, and camping out in the middle of the desert and up in the mountains. Like it's, it's therapeutic. It can also be stressful. You can get anxious. You can feel lonely. Like you go through a lot of emotions. It's not all glamor and, um, good experiences all the time. I will say I've learned how to definitely make 99% of it really great experiences, but the first trip was pretty freaking rough. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where, where did you go to? Um, I, I guess I went down to Texas first, which I guess Texas is where I experienced my first rocks, rock riding on a dirt bike in Austin at a place called Emma Long Metropolitan Park. It's this cool little like 12 mile or nine mile, uh, enduro loop basically in Austin. Like who would have thought? Yeah. Um, pretty cool. And, uh, it took me 
I think it took five or six hours to get through this loop. It's something I would do in probably 25 minutes now, <laughs> which is just so crazy uh, to, to even think about in, you know, less than four short years, just how much improvement's been made. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I went there and then ended up going through Arizona all the way into California, met up with some other um, moto vloggers there, YouTuber guys, made some goofy edits with them uh, and did some more mountain riding there. And then I think from there, I pretty much pretty much went back to Michigan. It's all honestly, it's kind of blurry now at this point, but, uh, but yeah, all the way to the West coast got very humbled on the bike, felt lonely a lot of the time being by myself and really not knowing many people along the way. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, comparing that to my most recent trip, uh, I have friends in just about every state in the country at this point, just from, from riding dirt bikes. So, Hey man, you need to, you know, you want to crash on the couch and grab a shower tonight. Yeah, dude, that'd be great. You know, just one night's good. And then I'll go back to camping, like a little refresher, um, and just finding people to ride with, you know, obviously during the week, most people have normal nine to five jobs. So yeah, the weekends were fun on that first trip, but I didn't know anyone who had the flexibility I had at that time. So, you know, it was, it was almost depressing at times. Like you're yeah. sitting in this, sitting in this box all by yourself. It's a hundred degrees out in California. So you got the doors open. You're sitting there just trying not to roast. Um, and, uh, you know, on, on this last trip, it's like, I met up with other people, trying to make a living riding dirt bikes who have that flexibility. So it was a, a, a lot to learn in that time period. That, I mean, it sounds awesome. And then you make it sound like kind of lonely and I can see what, what you mean, sort of like being on vacation while everybody's at work, everybody's willing to ride with you Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and then, but there's, there's like five other days. <laughs> yeah well you know. yeah it's like it's an extreme high like um you know adrenaline and uh you know all these chemicals in your brain and then five days of like this is boring this sucks i'm uncomfortable <laughs> uh and there's no one to share my experience with in those five days until the next week and then you go up then you come back down so it's uh yeah it was not exactly what i expected for my first big trip um it, it was That's great fair. don't get me wrong like it was it was incredible just being yeah. a, be, having the opportunity to even consider doing a two-month trip in a brand new van moto van you built out like is like I, I i'm very thankful for being able to do that but um just i think it is an interesting perspective because most of what you see of like van lifers and stuff on instagram is all yeah. life is perfect. I have zero stresses and anxiety. And like, I just know for a fact, that's not the case. You're no, still, man. you're, you're still a person with emotions and, and needs and all that. And it, it's never 100%. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. Like, I, yeah, for me, and I think for a lot of people, a large component of moto is sharing it with other people, like experiencing yeah. it as a group. It's not, it's not uh, a solo activity which is hilarious because the bikes are built for one, right? Like, yeah, yeah, but, that is kind of interesting. Like, yeah, some might think like the point of doing it is to get away from people, but it's, it's the opposite for me. It's, 
it's the glue that makes me like meet people and in, in you know uh, continue relationships with them. Yeah, um, yeah. The, there's a I could I could literally like fill an auditorium, I guess, with with the people I've met because of the bike. People that I would not know for any reason other than because of the bike. The families yeah. that I've met at the like the race camping and stuff like that. Like, yeah just the the fact that my wife is looking forward to reconnecting with all these people we haven't seen since fall, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's just, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's pretty spectacularly made moto connections in every state in, in America. Yeah. Um, I mean that that's, it's definitely not it's an exaggeration. Every state, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, lots of, lots of every, familiar places around the country. <laughs> yeah. Every moto state <laughs> of, of all the places <laughs> yeah. you've ridden, where, where would you like to go? Like if you could just go to bed tonight and wake up somewhere, where would you like that to be? Uh, hmm. I would say overall experience wise, like Pipestone, Montana has been my favorite. Just the, uh, and, and it was the whole experience. It was the people that were there when I was there. And th- this was, a. Uh, spring of 2020 i did this trip um the riding is just incredible it's it's gorgeous it's just super chill in terms of like go camp wherever you want you know it's not like this you gotta park here and the next site's right here it was just okay find yeah. a spot set your gear up go ride you know very relaxed setting um i would love to go there it i'm not sure if montana's climate is quite there yet <laughs> uh, th- <laughs> no. this 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 early so um there'll be pockets because it's very close yeah. to here like but no no variables considered i if i could snap my fingers it, it'd probably yeah. be pipestone montana that that area um i actually might be going back to moab uh a week from today <laughs> oh wow kind of a, a spur of the moment trip some of my friends in texas are are going there and uh they're begging me to come and i'm like well i mean all it is is gas money and a sore ass to get there <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah, man. those are my i mean if those are my two excuses why not there's not really riding to do in michigan right now my little property here is flooded where i've got like a little track set up and some obstacles so that's going to be another month before it's not completely underwater um so why not oh yeah you're putting in posts or something in one video for uh uh i don't know building i don't know what it was you had two four by four posts side by each yeah and you're waiting so, for these to dry out yeah so that that that's actually up on a hill so that's rideable but what that pretty much is um is a well here let me let me start with what i so this is this is my parents property they bought this little farm about a year and a half ago it's 22 acres um really really gorgeous property um so my goal with and then they pretty much told me do whatever you want with it like you've wanted to have a place to like ride dirt bikes you know out the back door whenever um like have at it so awesome you guys rock <laughs> absolutely uh, and uh so my, my goal with it is to pretty much not only create a a place where i can practice and get better but where i can teach all my friends to 
to get better as well. Um, I've had a big advantage with being able to travel and ride all this different terrain. A lot of my friends here who ride are stuck on sand trails because they, they just don't have the opportunity to always get out of Michigan and go, go experience this different terrain. So I'm trying to kind of simulate stuff here. That structure I was building was a basically just a big drop off platform. So there's like a three and a half foot drop, a seven foot drop. And then what ends up being about a 14 foot drop from the part you take off to where you land down the hill. So it's just kind of the setup where you start on the small one, which there's as long as you don't like grab front brake and, you know, OTB off of it, like it's pretty safe and manageable for anyone who's competent on a motorcycle yeah. Move up to the medium one, eventually work up to the big one. There's only like three people who've done the big one, including myself. It's pretty intimidating. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like a, I think it's about f- f- 25 feet long of a board, this skinny about say, uh, it might be two feet wide, but either way you're by the end of it, you're 12 feet off the ground, basically on a two foot plank, you can't put a foot down because there's nowhere to yeah. put your foot down. So you're committed as soon as you get on. Um, and that's, I mean, it, it's intimidating for me at times. <laughs> uh, Jesus. But other than that, I've got, um, like kind of a flowy single track rut loop through the woods. And I've got, uh, another loop that connects to that. That is kind of more trialsy turn, like first gear crawling, working on full, you know, using the full turn radius of the bike to get around trees. Um, and then there's some balance log features and I, I want to end up building like, you know, big vertical walls and pretty much just make it as challenging as possible for the flat Michigan patch of land that it is. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's the next step is to get like concrete barriers and, uh, Jersey walls and stuff like, yeah, yeah. Those I, I love oh, Jersey barriers are my favorite thing to play on. <laughs> oh, they're, crazy. Yeah. They're just so fun. Um, problem is getting something that weighs 3000 pounds down our skinny driveway and then down a hill. Uh, I mean, we, we have a tractor here, but it, it wouldn't be, it would, it could drag it, but it wouldn't be able to lift it. So you got to get a little creative, uh, start moving those heavier objects, but I'll figure something out. <laughs> Look to the Egyptians, man. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, think, think simple, think slides yeah. and rollers and yeah, it, it can be done. <laughs> beer, beer and pizza and some good friends. And exactly. Uh, we'll make yeah. anything happen. <laughs> That's right. Jer- yeah. uh, Jersey barriers intimidate me and I don't know why. Like because I'll run they're up- intimidating. <laughs> yeah. But I'll yeah. hit a natural wall that's the same thing. and yeah. uh, Or I'll hit like uh, wood logs stacked up. Um, yeah. You know, but then I just see the concrete thing and it just, it, I don't, yeah. Concrete it's, as opposed to wood is scary because you, you think so much about, I'm going to smack my frame on it and it's going to dent my frame or, you know, mess something up. And like, it's maybe a little bit, unrealistic of a fear because i've done it plenty of times and never had an issue but yeah uh something in your head it just it just turns your brain into mush and you like forget everything you know about hitting it in you know in a trail system and uh, yeah no i i get it like my my first time i hit it i was 
absolutely terrified. I was like, this isn't going to work. There's no way I'm going to go over the bars on the other side. Uh, like it's going to be a disaster. And like, I don't remember how many times it took for me to clean it. It, it was like within three tries that I like, cleaned it, stayed on the pegs and, and rode out. But the first time, like I, I definitely probably nose wheelied a little bit, but realized oh, yeah. like, Oh, like it's, it's still within the limits where you can nose dive and not have to bail the, on the bike. Um, yeah, they're, they're exciting. <laughs> yeah. I was doing a, a concrete, uh, pipe, I guess like 24 inch pipe and, yeah. uh, uh, whatever I was going over nose diving. Finally, it was like, sort of like hitting it level landing level. And then I, I don't know what I did, man. I gave it just a little extra love and sent the bike like completely oh one, one head high, like one man tall into the air. I fell <laughs> off the back of it. And like, oh, even yeah. today, I'm, this is like on the weekend and I'm still in pain. Like, uh, uh, but whatever. I mean, like I, yeah. well, I, I, I know I landed on my tailbone and I felt that right away. I felt the air leave my lungs and I was struggling, but I never felt any leg pain or anything. So yeah. what I think now, cause like, I was in such a rush to pick everything up and have nobody see me do it that uh, the bike probably landed on my leg and uh, where I have the pain is where the knee braces had protected me. Like, mm-hmm. cause when they spread out the impact, I think that it just picked up in my thigh. Yeah. So whatever, but yeah, I'm, I'm famous for failing. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> see, I was going to say, anytime I mess up, I look around and ask who got it on camera. <laughs> yeah, I should have, I should have, like, yeah. uh, now though, I think I'm just always going to ride with my camera on. Um, yeah. because yeah, I, I love sharing my fails and people like seeing yeah. them. Yeah. Well, in the, in the, I've definitely like been like some people get offended by how much I film. They're like, Oh, you're so into yourself. You film everything you do, like playing around in your yard. And I'm like, eh, like some people just don't understand how much can be learned from watching yourself. Like, oh yeah. What you think you're doing is usually way different than what you're actually doing. And, uh, until you see yourself from an outside, a third person view, it's going to be really hard to, to correct bad habits, improper techniques and stuff like that. Um, Oh, so yeah, I like filming myself because I like showing people what I can do. Also what I can't do, but I also use it a lot for me and tracking my progression and, and trying to get better in that sense. So, um, to people who get offended by that screw off (laughs) hands down like, uh, the third person perspective has been a huge gift, a, a really big bonus. Um, like when I go basically for me, it's like, uh, I ride sport bike. Now I'm riding moto, but when I was like, uh, really known for riding my motorcycle, there'd be new riders would come up and want to go for a ride. So I always said yes. Right. And then, mm-hmm. um, I'd ask them their level, like, where are you at? Whatever. And, uh, they would tell I'm me the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They always over, oversell it. Yeah. But like it only takes like 10 minutes down the road and you can see everything that they're not doing right. And then when we get to the first stop, I'll just offer them like tiny bits of advice. And it's like, you can't feel it, but I can see it. And then just right. tiny stuff like with your legs or where your feet are placed, like, yeah, you know, and just, uh, you know, and some people aren't 
as willing to tell somebody, hey, this is what you're doing. But the mm-hmm. camera will always tell you. It never lies. It's always like, yeah. Yeah. Brad, yeah, you thought no, you were I, sitting right up and you're not. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And uh and that kind of goes back to how I kind of how my attitudes changed and I'm still stubborn at at times like uh but you know, back 3 years ago when I started riding dirt bikes and uh just simply riding on trails like I had people telling me like you need to be standing up. And I'm like Psh. Don't tell me what to do. Like I'm fast as fast as hell sitting down. I don't need to stand up. Like it just makes me tired. But what like but what I didn't realize is the reason standing up made me tired and made me feel more unstable and slower is because I wasn't standing up the right way. Um and that's that's a lot of what has inspired the videos I'm trying to create now of like helping people understand technique better. Cause you can't just say stand up. What everyone does is they just, they lock their knees out, stand straight as a board hips to the bars. And then they hit a bump in like their, their body's getting tossed back and forth cause they have no stability. It wasn't until probably a year and a half ago that I had some, you know, more proper influence of people being like, Oh, like you need to get your butt back, keep your, you know, your lower part of your legs straight. Like don't let your knees go over your toes. That's kind of like the general rule and bring your chest forward. And it just locks you into that stable position. And and it's like, after I, you know, threw away my crappy attitude and started trying to focus on that more, got way faster. And I'm not blistering fast by any means on, on a scale of, you know, like a professional lever and my techniques certainly far from, from dialed, but it helps. Yeah. Um, you progress. Yeah. So I want to be able to pass, pass on good information like that to people who would have been in my position three, four years ago when people were telling me to do things, but just blatantly stating it without any real detail on what specifically you need to do. Um, yeah, I'm aware of the attack position. I never thought about knees over toes. Like, uh, yeah. So now, next time I ride, I'm gonna be thinking about knees over toes and just yeah. feeling that line to see if there's a if I something changes. But yeah, you're right. Like, folks riding their dirt bike is if they're riding the adventure bikes all locked out. Uh, like, I'll, I'll ride yeah. like that in a specific setting. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're like, if you're cruising two track, like taking a break or or dirt roads, like, yeah, I, I, I see pro riders do it as well. It's, it's conserving energy. It's, it's letting your body, you know, open up and stretch out a little bit. Uh, for sure. There's, there's times to do that, but, um, and yeah, like, and something I did because of that is I got bar risers with the tallest bend bar I could find because that's the only way it feels at all comfortable standing in that improper position. And like for probably for at least two years, I was riding like that and it was just affecting the handling and just overall experience of the bike so much. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I, you know, had some other influences to tell me like ditch the risers, go with a stock bend bar around there and I've never looked back and it's just, it's made riding way easier way yeah. more control of the bike um and pe- people will even pro riders will say like yeah tall bars are fine but if for for my personal use and experience being 
six, one, six, two, whatever I am. Uh, I run sometimes a lower than stock bar on a YZ, which is already a pretty low bar. Uh, and feel great. Yeah. Hey, you're a big Yamaha guy. Hey, like, Oh, you bet. <laughs> oh, you bet. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tease you on it. Uh, one, one of my, uh, no, go for it. <laughs> one, no, no, no. The, one of the guys here, he rides Yamaha and he's probably one of the yeah. fastest guys I know. Like, uh, he's definitely the fastest guy I ride with. Um, but I just tease him cause like, uh, whatever it took them forever to start making changes, but then he'll counter with, well, they got it right. They didn't have to make a change. So, and yeah. I, people laugh at that response, but, but honestly, I mean, you watch, you know, and granted there's more information for the motocross side of things than enduro because it is a motocross bike platform, but yeah, you watch like, you know, motocross action magazine or whoever does like the 2021 two stroke shootout for two fifties. Yamaha is always up there on the list as like, this is a damn good bike and it hasn't changed in 20 years besides suspension. <laughs> like, it's like the asterisk. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's so true. And it, it's like, how people say like, Oh, well it's, it's outdated geometry. And I'm like, well, how much has geometry really changed? Like I, you can tell a difference between an early two thousands KTM and a brand new KTM, but a 2003 YZ two fifty feels pretty darn similar to a 2021 KTM or Husky uh, on a scale of like the position it puts you in. Like it, it doesn't have that dipped seat, like a KDX where it puts you in this like really, you know, goofy riding position. Like it's an, it's an aggressive stable geometry. And, uh, for me, even for enduro, um, you know, I I have like the X models where the the suspension is different than the moto models and it's fantastic suspension when set up properly. And it, uh, I just feel good on the bike. I I've ridden, um, I've ridden KTMs. I've ridden Huskies, uh, Sherco USA, uh, loaned me a bike for about eight, eight months when I was in Texas to try out. And like, I, I can't say I hate any of the other bikes. I just never feel as home as I am on the YZ for whatever reason it is. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. whatever feels natural, that's the one to be on. Right. Like, exactly. why would you want to be on something where you're struggling just because it's the one everybody suggests or whatever? For right? sure. Like, yeah. And the, like, yeah. I do want electric start, <laughs> but yeah, I, was gonna I, ask. Survived, <laughs> I survived just fine without it. Like I've, <laughs> I went riding with Rich Larson, who incredible rider, super nice guy. Um, he lives in Utah. He's a, you know, pro hard enduro and, and enduro cross guy. And, um, I had my two fifty X there and it was, it was the most challenging riding I've ever done. Like nothing, looked super intimidating like in itself but the the it's like this just slippery silty shale surface that i just could not get traction on and it's just something i haven't ridden in so you know a four foot wall that normally would be no problem i was like i'm i don't know what to do here (laughs) like i was struggling um but i got into some positions where you know, he was kind of j- mocking me like, oh, like, yeah, where's that E start? And people do it all the time. And what what I do sometimes is I just like I, I get off the bike and I do the left foot kick sometimes on the 125. I think before I've used my hand, like, <laughs> oh, wow, you just, you just adapt and uh, you just make it happen. You don't make excuses about it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
like like uh, living in the mountains, riding in the mountains. Um, my first bike was a Kickstart, and then mm-hmm. E-Start. Holy shit! I used to hate uh, riding with fellows who had an E-Start because they'd stop and talk all the time. You know, because yeah. we shut yeah. our bikes off to yeah. talk, and then they're just like, yeah. "See you later," and I'm like, "Ga ga 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 ga." The bike uh, was hot. Whoa. My fix for that is. Anytime I see a group stopped, I make sure I'm a couple feet elevated somewhere so I can just bump start it. There you are. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, yep. Uh, but yeah, people do that all the time. And I'm like, guys, like we only rode for two minutes. Do you have to take another like bike shutoff break? And, and then look at me like I'm disturbing you by leaving my bike on. Like, yeah, come on, just, just keep thing. riding. <laughs> the, the look in the eyes. Like, yeah. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I dropped a lot. The, the bike a lot and i had to pick it up a lot uh yeah. i remember racing with the kickstart holy christ man like uh that was the hardest ever because mm-hmm. it's 250 pounds you're picking it up you're getting tired you're getting tired and then kicking it is just like oh i remember a sweeper kicked it over once for me like just yeah. out of pity you know <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah it's like thank awesome. you dude <laughs> like, yeah. oh but yeah e-start's nice my, my wife's new bike has an e-start that made her a very yeah. happy lady her old bike was yeah. uh kick but it was it was 125 so it kicked over nice and easy but yeah. whatever yeah um so what are you gonna do if if uh like your bike's carbureted right yes yeah and, and you got you you sell electron uh carbs on your on your thing are you afraid everybody's gonna go to efi um not not anytime in the near future i mean you think about it now there's bikes that are 30 years old that are still on the trails in motocross tracks. So if we have 2021s that are still carbureted, those are going to be around for many years to come as well. Um, I'm, you know, I I don't know five years from now, if I'll be doing what I'm doing now, I, I don't. So, so it may not matter anyway, but so no, it's, it's nothing I lose sleep over it's working right now. It's improving people's, you know, riding experiences. We don't want to tink- tinker every time, you know, every season and uh, time they go to a different location, elevation or whatever. So, yeah, I have one um, on my bike. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So it's like- um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're, uh, I mean, I, like I'm all for EFI. If, if I, if Yamaha or if any manufacturer, all their two strokes started making EFI two strokes. Like I, I am for it. I, I think there's a lot of issues with the current EFI, you know, the TPIs. Um, I just in experience with almost all my friends have a 300 TPI of KTM Husky or gas gas at this point. And great. Like they're great bikes, but I think there's a lot of lemons that somehow for whatever reason get thrown in there. Um, and I think they still need to dial in, you know, whatever it is, pr- production uh, consistency or whatever to, you know, make all of them perform reliably. But it'll get there. I mean, it was just like with four strokes, right? Um, when EFI came out, like they were kind of crappy. <laughs> but now, like every four fuel injected four stroke dirt bike out there is awesome. Uh, uh, so it'll get there. I'm rooting for it. If it, you know, if it's better for the industry, if it makes it easier for people to get in the sport, cause they don't have to learn about jetting and all this. And it means like 
you know, I have to stop selling carburetors. I'm not like, not upset. Yeah. I'm not upset totally. Like uh it would screw me over if like, you know, next week that happened because yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I like electro electrons or I I that's one of my best selling products. It would have a huge effect on me, but we still have carbureted bikes around for yeah. years to come. So fair enough. Uh, yeah. I, uh, and then another thing I saw on your site, which I thought was pretty interesting and I never saw it before was you have like a really funky air filter. Uh, yeah. The funky geometric. Filter. Yeah. Yeah. That thing looks so um, sick. Yeah. So they trying to think how that even came to be. I don't remember if they reached out to me like and wanted to just like send me some to test out or whatever, or if I just tried it one time, I, I honestly don't remember, but however the case was, I got some for my own bike and, um, just liked the build quality. I liked the, uh, the shape of them. They seem to last longer. They have more surface area to trap, trap dirt and stuff. Um, the fitment's really good around the, uh, the cages, the air filter cages, which, other brands I've tried out are like super puffy and they don't fit in the air box very well. So, uh, yeah, kind of rolled with it again. It was, it was a, it's a cool company. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they're just fun, you know, nice to communicate with and stuff. I'm like, I would love to support this and keep running your product. Cause I also think it's good. And yeah, I've got like a hundred air filters sitting right behind me right now. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> for for just, you know, about a, at least any two stroke bike you could imagine. So how did you decide like like I I can understand the driver for the moto vlog in the beginning, like mm -hmm. uh Brad one point oh. And then it's easy to imagine the transformation into two point oh. But like you definitely upped your game. Like the film quality has changed. So it's kind of yeah. like you had a decided to reinvest in the product and, uh, and, and take it to like another level. Uh, what was the catalyst for that? Yeah. So, uh, I actually went to school for photography. I have a, an associate's degree in photography. It's nothing like crazy fancy or anything, but it, uh, um, I've loved photography, you know, all pretty much all through high school, college up until now. Um, so, you know, I, I've kind of always had that like creative end, but I never really did much with video on that level. Like, um, uh, and I did, it just kind of like hit me. I'm like the difference between video, you know, uh, cinematography and photography is motion. And honestly, dirt bikes is a lot cooler to see in motion than still <laughs> like, you know, like still photos of, you know, action shots. Awesome. Like still cool, but like to really experience what riding a dirt bike is like filming it from third person, you know, you know, and, and having all the knowledge on composition and all this stuff from photography, I was just like, I'm really like, not utilizing my resources here and my knowledge that I've spent, you know, 15 years researching and playing with. So, um, I kind of just gave it a try one day. Uh, and I, I made this video called, um, well, actually I, so the first one, 
was a like a bike reveal video for this 2003 YZ250 I had that I completely stripped down. Like bought it for 900 bucks, stripped it down, powder coated everything, you know, restyle kit, just made it look like a brand new bike. Um, so I made like a reveal video for it, and I, I had sponsors on there, you know, like Poly Sport, their Boyson, a bunch of companies sent me parts. So like I had to make, I'm like it's important to me to not let these guys down. Like I want to showcase the product and their efforts in a way that, um, you know, shows respect for it. It's not just some crappy GoPro video. So pulled out the old DSLR, (laughs) you know, that I mainly did photos with and just like, just got into it. And I was, you know, doing all these like smooth panning shots and like shallow depth of field with the, you know, blurry background and stuff, which is all just, it's just, photos but moving um and i ended up throwing together this video and i'm just like man like that turned out pretty badass like not too bad for my first go and then it goes into like me riding the bike like you know here's this perfect thing and then a minute later in the video it's like cartwheeling down a cliff awesome (laughs) so yeah and people loved it they're like i'm so glad you're not babying it and i'm just like well what's the point of having a bike if you're not going to ride it yeah Um, so that video ended up it's at like 2.7 million views on YouTube now. That's insane. And it was like the the first one I did of that nature and and be you know even before it blew up I I was my motivation to make more was just this is really fun and it's the best way I found to share the experience with someone um what the bike sounds like what it feels like, what it looks like to crash, what it looks like to take a turn, all these different things. And, uh, it, you know, the audience of that video has proven that they agree that it's a good way to showcase it. So, um, after that, I made this video called, uh, smoke dream, which was kind of a little, I filmed it in one afternoon. It was more just a video of me riding. I had no plan I'm like laying in a field of in the middle of like San Antonio. You can't tell, but it's basically like downtown San Antonio. Um, <laughs> a, a little place we used to go ride is like, it was probably going to get developed into a neighborhood at some point, but there were like dirt bike, single tracks through it. Um, and like, I made that video and just came up with kind of like a cheesy storyline of like, I crashed and like got knocked out. And then like, the riding bit was me dreaming and then I woke back up and like my boots are like all spread out and <laughs> that's know, awesome. just like a, yeah, just like a throw together, together thing. And like that one got a million views and I'm like, and, and you know, I mean, it got, it got like at least a couple hundred thousand very quickly. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, this is for sure the path I want to take. It's, I have more fun doing it. I'm more proud of it. Uh, people respect it more. Um, it just, just everything positive about it besides having to <laughs> put a hell of amount of effort into making them because it's, it's time consuming. Uh, yeah. and then the one that like, you know, after that, those ones were kind of like, you know, cool videos, but fun, but I kind of got to a point, um, when I was, so I live in Michigan now, but I ended up moving to Texas for two years, just for kind of a change of scenery, better riding all that. And I was working as a machinist. Um, 
this this is I wasn't really doing anything. I wasn't really making money through BRAD at this point. Yeah. And you know, I was doing like the normal nine to five, punching in, punching out. So I filmed this video called Chaotic Flow, um, which is pretty much, you know, the the action portion is me riding through these like awesome creek beds in Texas, like wet creek beds. So it's I'm ripping through a foot of water at some points and it's oh, crazy. Really cool and cinematic. Um, but I was like I was at a pretty low point, honestly, like in my life, just not happy with um, you know, doing that nine to five when, uh, a year or two earlier, like I was a YouTuber <laughs> making silly GoPro edits in, you know, in a sense, making a living doing that. And here I am back at like a, a normal person job. So yeah, I, uh, I kind of made a video just to like express those emotions. And, uh, um, like I, I filmed sections actually at my work. I, I, they let me film at my work, which is kind of funny. Like, Hey boss, I'm really, really depressed about like having to come here. You mind if I film a video about that? <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't present it that way. And like, yeah. they're, they're, they're really awesome, you know, people and, and stuff. So that like, they understood, they, they, I'm sure even understood the position I was in. Um, but <clears throat> ended up doing that and like, just put b- literally blood, sweat and tears into this thing. And uh, again, like that, that video took off and like, I, I had people, you know, email and message me and just being like, like, dude, this was really inspiring. Like I'm in the same exact position. I need to like get my ass up and figure out a way to, uh, you know, change my situation. And at the time, like it, that hadn't changed my situation necessarily. I was just talking about how I was feeling in the, in the situation. Um, yeah you know, through the, the poetic nature of the film, I guess. And, uh, but that I guess was kind of a tipping point for the channel where that video did really well. And then just, you know, third video deep filming like that just got me hooked on doing that and, you know, really putting out the best quality content I can. And here we are only two years I think about exactly two years from posting that video and I am full-time self-employed in the dirt bike industry. And it just kind of, I don't know, it, I'm definitely proud of it. <laughs> I don't mean to like to boast about, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, how things are going now, but I just, I feel very happy and I'm very proud of myself for figuring it out and, uh, making life changes to, to make it happen. Yeah, fair. Like, uh, I don't think you're boasting, man. Like, uh, do you, do you think that, I know it's going to be a weird way to phrase it. Do you think that like artistically when you're at your lowest, you're putting out your best stuff? Yeah, I think, I think that's definitely the case. Um, not to say, you know, at my high point right now, I would say I'm at a, a, a peak of what I could be right now overall. And I don't think it would mean I I wouldn't be able to put out content with that same emotion, but it definitely serves as motivation when you're at that low to want to express yourself. Um, And, and yeah, I I think more emotion does come up that uh, 
just makes it flow more easily. Like I, I didn't have to think too much about what to say in the video or how, how to format the video because it just, it clicked naturally. Like I'm, I'm there at work basically envisioning the video like mindlessly. Like I'm not even putting effort into thinking about uh, what something like this would work like or, or would look like. It just, it just happens naturally. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the same goes for, you know, mu- uh, musicians, uh, singers, songwriters. Um, they, you know, very frequently make songs about uh, relationships or, you know, family members or friends who've passed away. And it's uh, a lot of the music I listen to is I listen to a lot of like progressive metal and uh, really any genre of metal. Uh, um, for the most part. And a lot of that is, it's not necessarily happy music. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the angry, aggressive, like F you lyrics that a lot of like the, that the stigma is kind of associated with. It's definitely, it's actually, if you really break it down is more, a lot more poetic, even though it like that contrasts the heavy nature sound. of the sound. Um, so I, you know, like not to sound like all emo and stuff, but uh, like a lot of a lot of inspiration, I think, kind of does come from from that as well. So I, I can relate to those artists. They could probably relate to me with like that video um, per se. Um, it's crazy so. that someone's misery brings all of us joy. Yeah, well, and that and that's a thing. And I, it ultimately me you know, talking about it through a video brought me joy. Like it, it yeah. helped me out, uh, overall. It, it took time to, for it to, uh, work out, but, um, but yeah, definitely just helping other people out as well. Being like, in the, in the end of the message in the video, obviously for anyone listening, it's best if you just go watch it, then you know what we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> Put a link. But, uh, awesome. Um, but you know, the, I guess, end moral of the story was like, keep going at it, keep working, keep chasing, uh, that feeling, that chaotic flow feeling, you know, like work, work was the monotonous in line nine to five riding was this chaotic flow. And basically that you, you need this chaotic flow in your life to keep your head on straight. Um, and at that time I was putting in those hours as a machinist so that I could go experience that chaotic flow on the weekends. And I mean, yeah, like that's life for most people. I'm not, yeah. and I, I try not to sound like I, I'm complaining, but you know, if you look at your situation as this could be better, that's when you're going to grow out of it and find something uh, that you're more happy with. I think if I had the perspective of, well, this is normal life for everyone. So it's normal life for me. I'd probably still be stuck doing that same thing. Um, so it just, it all circles back to uh, just always having the mentality of this can be better, whether it's writing technique, your work situation, your, you know, relationships, anything like that um, strive to be better. And I'm not trying to sound like 
uh, everything's always honky dory. I'm the most positive person. Like I, I hate that BS. Like yeah, I, no. I, I, I have my moments and like, I, I do tell it straight how it is, uh, you know, t- t- to people, but, uh, but in relation to that video, it definitely made sense and, and worked, worked out for me. So. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to end it right there. Cause it's super powerful. And yeah, then, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good note to end on. It is a good end. Bad, but, uh, <laughs> so one more quick little note then before we, uh, before we call this one, um, I do have in the works a sort of sequel to that video, which should be really interesting. And I'm sure people can pick on maybe what the, uh, um, the gist of that one is, but it should be really fun. should be really cool. And hopefully, uh, you know, acts as a good supplemental video to chaotic flow. So hopefully everyone goes and checks it out. No idea when it'll be done, but, uh, one day here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, it's, film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But, uh, like you're not a racer, but I'm, you have products and, and people that help support you. Is there anybody you want to give a shout out to? Oh man, there's, there's a lot of people. Um, yeah, sure. I can give, give, a, give a quick few shout outs. Um, I'll say electron fuel systems. Um, they've played a huge role in, in doing this. Um, I, you know, just going from using their product and really liking it to now that being a significant source of income for me, being able to sell it. Um, they've been great in working with me and helping me build my business up as well as theirs. Win-win. Um, apex heads, the same thing I mentioned Matt earlier, uh, Boyson's been great. I stock their stuff, funnel web. Um, also docket eight, one, two suspension. Uh, he's been great. Um, he, he sets all my bikes up really cool guy even offers, you know, lots of, uh, life advice and stuff as well while he's working on my stuff. So, um, yeah, just, uh, and you know, mom and dad, (laughs) they've been, they've been supportive since day one. Can't, can't leave them out, but yeah, there's, there's so many more people, including all my friends and stuff, but every single person's played a, a huge role in uh, helping me get to where I am now and can't thank them enough. So I appreciate y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I want to thank my guests for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. A special thank you to you, my supporters. Without you, this would not be possible. If you enjoyed the show, give it a five-star rating. And if you haven't already, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. If this is your first time listening, I encourage you to take the three-episode challenge. Once again, thank you for your continued support, and stay tuned to find out what's coming up next time. This episode is sponsored in part by bradproducts.com. B-E-R-A-D-products.com. Located in Michigan, B-Rad Products is there to provide its customers with high-quality products made in the United States. Whether it's aftermarket supermodel parts, t-shirts, stickers, or camera equipment, B-Rad is here to help you be more rad.